Welcome to the Tech Trail Podcast Channel. Thank you for listening and subscribe through Apple Podcasts to continue listening, Spotify, or whichever service you're on. And thank you for listening. Generative AI. Generative AI is a very important solution, especially as we're going into the modern age of technology. For example, if we can automate workplaces and change the ways that we commute to every place we go, why not? There's so many different things that are going on right now in the tech sector and throughout, which are impacting the ways we would normally deal with situations. For example, we'll look at Windows Copilot today, which is a new solution Microsoft built of um, ChatGPT and, and Bing Chat which you might have heard about in the news recently. But AI has actually been around for a lot of time. For example, like even in office applications, you might have already used it to develop custom templates. You also might have used AI in your daily system when you're looking for directions to the latest ball game or to a movie. You might have used it when you're, getting your, when you're filling up your car with gas or, or, or going to the next supercharger for EVs. So many different things that we rely on in today's society are all based on artificial intelligence. It's just how do we harness that data and where do we go from here? Let's start with the release of Bing Chat. So Bing Chat's been around for a few months now. We've been, you know, it's out, it's out of beta now. I remember when we, when I was first testing it in private preview and everyone was like, how is this going to work? Like, how are we going to be able to allow users to find information that's citing data, but as well, how are we going to use that source and verify that it's accurate? Is it going to work all the time? And what are the restrictions going to be? And at first, it was an open, it was a free-for-all. Free there was a whole bunch of responses which weren't, um, the most uh, appropriate and were very biased in the way they would deal with situations. Maybe we, at the beginning, because the thing is a generative AI, every situation or framework that it deals with, it continues to learn. So if we test something on 100,000 people, that's great, but do those 100,000 people represent the whole world? No, they do not. So it had to get into the free market before Microsoft recognized. Maybe we need to put some limits on how on how many questions per discussion. Also, blocking it, um, it with ethical AI. So also creating like a set of principles. So now within ethical AI, we really have to review what are the dangers of these software pieces, and also we have to look at maybe. Each topic needs its own separation. For example, when we're looking at artificial intelligence um, in the workplace, we wouldn't want content that would not that would be not safe for work. We also wouldn't want content that infringes on company trademarks. We want we'd want data that's relevant to the topics that are being researched, and we'd want data and opinions which then we can use in a corporate life because. The thing is, if we're finding data that's, that's helpful, we also want to make sure we can commercially use it because 
it was creating a lot of content originally, which flagged some questions as to who owns the copyright. And we'll get into that later on. But as well, it's just an issue of where do we go from here? Like where, where is the point where we just say, this is useful. What do I need to do to be able to use it? So let's look back from that ethical AI sense from the legal side and say, who owns the copyright? So I was doing a bit of research on this recently, and I've been finding a lot of information about, um, about it saying from Microsoft Designer and from, from services like ChatGPT that though it creates the content, technically you could use it for commercial use but there's always going to be a little trademark attached to it hidden in the framework. So they'll always say, and they're adding this currently. So we'll say like generated or created by AI platform or so created by Bing chat, created by chat GPT can generated by a GPT four system powered by open AI. But you do technically can use that content for commercial reasons. Though, if you're a searcher stuff that violates copyright, then technically you would not own the content. But you don't, at the end of the day, you don't completely own the content, but you can use it for commercial use. It's not gonna probably be regenerated, but it could be so that's, a, it's, a, it's a weird, it's a gray area. So it's kind of like Canva with uh, logo generation, that no, you don't own the trademark to it, but you can use it in commercial use without penalty. It's, yeah, it's a gray area, I guess. And it opens us up to a lot of lapses in ethical situations. Also from the legal standpoint, if I was to go to court and trying to defend this product, no, I probably couldn't block someone else from using it because I didn't completely create it. Yes, I gave it the prompts, but I could maybe try to trademark it that all of the components put together, on the other hand, that I might be able to trademark, but I wouldn't be able to trademark each individual component within it because all those components were generated by AI. I just put all those components together. So if I was, let's say we have an Apple MacBook we have a we have a desktop PC, we have a camera, and we have a few other things. I can't trademark any one of those little things, but I might be able to trademark having without the Apple MacBook. Let's say I could trademark all the items put together in a photo, then I might be able to trademark it for commercial use. But I wouldn't be able to just publish a MacBook on its own and say I own the MacBook. No. Apple owns the MacBook and, or let's say I have PepsiCo logo and Coca-Cola and a few other logos. I can't say I own those logos. And in fact, with that kind of system, it's so obvious that I would not be able to trademark it together. But in general sense, if it's for com common use or it's public domain, you can't trademark it. So that in that, and you know what, I'm, I'm fully for open open source software. I'm just saying that from that sense that you really have to be careful about what you're gonna use all that data for. 
so that's that's a weird situation to look at, but what options do we have? Seriously, what options do we have to go through that data? Next, let's look back at the, at the corporate sense of using it because in the workplace, I also might want to share content with my coworkers. So how do we determine what AI is good enough to be used personally? And I think that's a, like in the workplace. Like what does, I think that each company probably has to set a standard for um, what they find is responsible. Like I remember reading that a whole bunch of employees at Amazon and Google and a few other companies have all banned ChatGPT because their employees were actually using it for source code. So one of the cool things with AI, with generative AI, GPT-3 and GPT-4 is it can actually, and GitHub Copilot is, it can actually generate code based on the things that you send it. Problem is they were sending source code up to the system, which is then being taught, and then another user could use that data to build another open source project. And you can see you can see the issues right there. And Microsoft's actually working to create a private platform, so you could you could do it without training the the AI the AI model. Do you think Amazon wants to use Microsoft product? <laughs> That's a different story. They all of them at the end of the day do use some of their other competitors' products. Like Apple uses Oz, for example, or sorry AWS to um, to host iCloud storage and other stuff. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a complicated situation, but basically in the workplace, what are our objectives? What do we want to get out of it? And as an employee, how do I stay safe? I think as well, there's a bit of common sense into it that you're not going to that you're not going to publish your company data through it. At least I'd hope so. And as well, they're also creating ethical AI systems to block the publisher publishing of content that would be not the most appropriate or might be biased in some senses. Other than that, we can also look at it from an educational standpoint. So just to give you a heads up, Microsoft partner, I partner a few different uh, tech organizations. So I can say that I, there's some things that I can't say, but overall, AI is constantly changing. And they're always looking like in education, you're always one to look at where do we go next? Like I know I know a lot of schools right now are struggling to find out um, when can I use AI, when's it appropriate, when's it not, what issues will come of it. All these questions are being asked. So I know like some school boards, I was reading an article recently in I think it was Washington Post where where there was data about schools are just, instead of using the platform, they're just disabling them. They're just simply disabling the platform because they don't know how to monitor it. And I think that's an issue because if a school board doesn't want to use it, you're making your students fall behind because many of many other groups, many other countries will be using it. Like even in Canada, up here, Canada, we have a lot of school boards that have said, We'll allow for some things, maybe, and others are just disabling right out, which is not a good thing. As well, 
we also can look at how is AI going to be tracked, like through um, through Microsoft products. Maybe you could track that data through an internal tracker, through Google, maybe with Google Workspace, maybe Google could put out a software that's going to um, support tracking what, what's AI generated, what's not. And yes, I know Google Bard isn't, isn't as good as um, OpenAI's ChatGPT. Yes, um, yes, all a good chunk of the big tech companies have all developed their own solutions. So Google Bard is Google's option, I guess, to compete with Bing Chat. I tried it a bit, but it's very, very slim. And it was uh, it was a rush platform. If you ever read about the news, it was it was an interesting. <laughs> I would say, but yeah. And it was an issue. Other than that, I also have to look at from generative AI that how do we use it in our daily lives? So if I jump on my on my cell phone right now, how am I easily going to use generative AI to create me a quick text message to send to a friend? Maybe I'm talking about like today I was re, re, like reaching out to friends of mine. I asked them feedback, ask them what I should bring back in this podcast. They, so how can I use generative AI to, to automate the messages I send out? And as well, how can I automate to quickly create a message that, that is generic, but still feels personal? So it's a bit of both. It's personal and, but I don't have to generate a custom message for every single individual, but they still feel included because that is a crazy thing. So I went on Bing Chat, I originally, and I tried it out. I, I hesitated this time and just customized a few personally, others I sent out through Bing Chat. So they, they were quite similar, I, I have to admit. But, but yeah, like it's, how do we use it as well in our daily day? So like, if I'm making a press release, for example, organization, like let's say I was saying some decision for a press release, what do I need to do in order to use generative AI to do it? So if, if I can reduce 20 hours a week out of my schedule and it does a just as good job, if not better job than I would, or, or me paying a marketing agency, why would I, why would I do it myself? Like if it can, like I found crazy examples that it could even do like let's say I give it a topic like um like AI in the in the home, generative AI, and then and then talking about what do I need to do? Talking about where do I go from here and what did I need to change in order to fix that solution. So let's say I'm working with AI at home and I'm looking for a topic for an Instagram post. Maybe I'll put in like, let's generate me a photo. Um, that's, and that's part of, that's also another open AI product called, called Dali 2. So it can generate photos based on description and now it will work hand in hand with ChatGPT. So that's a, that's a cool thing. And as well, a lot of integrations go into place too. So I can easily go in on my devices and I can go from there. So that's a little bit of that solution. 
but we also said we'd be talking about Microsoft Copilot. So let's get into that. Microsoft Copilot is going to be integrated into Windows 11 later this year. It just went into the Dev Channel Windows Insider. That's a, that's a, pri that's a public preview testing for early adopters of Windows. And um, in that platform, you, it's, um, it's a great way to test the latest software. They've got one for Office, Teams, and other Microsoft products. And no, this is not sponsored. This is just, um, just as a framework so you can kind of understand the product in length. So with Microsoft Copilot, I can jump in on one of my preview devices and it'll be available in Windows 11 later this year. I can go in and then I can type basic things that I want Windows to change. It's essentially Bing chat thrown into Windows as a side application. I, I, I basically a mini app, but it can do some stuff with your physical PC too. So maybe you want to say shut down my computer or change my brightness, but um, it's still in preview. So there are a lot of things that don't currently work. Um, and it's a work in progress, but um, same thing as Bing chat, I can go in, I can type a topic, I can get to generate, I can also go in and create an article that is interesting to me, and from there, then I can view that information that I'd be discussing. So that's a, that's a great way to start. So let's actually open Bing chat just for a second, just to give you an example of what you can do. So I'll open up the sample conversation and let's try that out. So before we do that, I'm just gonna take a quick break and um, we'll be back soon. Okay. our podcast on generative AI. Hope this helps. Keep listening to find out more. Thanks. Service to use when you're working with a lot of different pieces of technology. So Copilot and Bing Chat will always be here to help you out. So if I was to go in, let's try it out on my side. We can launch it either at Edge, or we can launch it on Bing, or we can launch it from the new Copilot system. So let's let's see some examples that it's giving us. So let's try it out. So okay. So when you get in, um, it's always going to say use the power of AI to find answers around the world web, create written content and more, and It'll ask, give you some three options, such as what's the latest new in tech. And it's also going to let you choose a conversation style. So if you, you can select more creative. So if you want like pictures, you want content creation, you got more creative. It's not as accurate, but it's more creative. So it gives you more options that way. If you want a more balanced option, so that's like the middle between creative and informative at the same time, you can ask it to do um, for some advice. And there's also more precise. So that's great if you're working with um, content that you want to have cited site research. So I could type in, for example, on the 
on the one that gets more precise, it'll actually say, I need help with research as an option. So then it'll, the, the standard response it gave me was, hello, this is Bing. I'd be happy to help you if you research. What topic are you researching? So from there, let's say I choose, I'm researching about the history of Canada as an option. Once I do that, it's gonna search for that information and it's gonna give me a little brief uh, items. It's, um, it's still um, writing out. So this one, it's cited from three different sources because at the bottom, you can, you'll be able to see some ads for some books about it. And then you'll be able to see um, three different op sites that it's cited. So just, to, just keep in mind, ads are in the program now. So then, so then it's monetizable. So because it does cost money to run this platform. And um, that's a big part. When I sent the message, it also asked me if follow-up options, like what are the impact of colonization? Tell me more about New France. How did Canadian gain independence from Britain? And just a few options. And on the message, it actually gives me a question too of, is it something I like? Is it something I don't like? Do I want to copy its response? And it also saves that in my prior history too. So that's a, that's a great thing. So I can go in and, but, and I can even click on the learn more resources and it will send me to the link that it cited. So for example, Canada.ca, it sent me to history of Canada about uh, the dominion of Canada, original inhabitants and the new dominion of Canada. So that's great for a lot of research. Um, as well, it sent me to two sources from Wikipedia. Yes, Wikipedia isn't the, always the most accurate source, but it's great for some quick research, just some information. And that's one thing I do want to clear up is for research, always make sure to double check its sources and double check its responses because sometimes it might believe something that isn't necessarily accurate or maybe we need to improve it somehow. And that's something you need to keep in mind. So let's try another one. So I can actually also say, how did the universe begin is an option it just gave me. So let's try that out. And now it's gonna search for it. Let's see what we've got. So its example is the most popular theory of the universe's origin centers on a cosmic chasm unmatched in all of history, the big Bang, this theory is was born of the observation that other galaxies are moving away from our own at great speed in all directions as if they had all been propelled by an ancient explosive force. So if I tap the one beside it, it sends me to a site source from National Geographic. Um, National Geographic is owned by Disney now, but National Geographic is also a non, um, some of its source, sources are non-profit, some of it are for-profit but it sends me a source, I can learn more about it, I can watch a video, and as well in that response, I can click and I can see all the different sources it cited. So National Geographic, Live Science, Every Student, Reimagining Education. And the other great thing is it now can also make, find and create pictures. So it picked a picture from Getty Images to actually demonstrate what, what it is because sometimes pictures speak a thousand words. So that's a, that's a great way as well. 
Um, and it also gives some relevant sources. So once you do a discussion, right now there's a limit, and this will probably increase as well. It keeps increasing. Right now you can have 30 messages per a chat session. After that, there's a little wipe button so you can wipe a conversation or you can stop it at any time during um, during the event so you can restart from scratch. There, There's a limit on how many discussions you can have per day with it. Uh, in GPT-4, there's more options. So what's another thing? So let's try, since this is a tech podcast, let's also try what is the latest news in tech? So Bing says, on to the next, what can I do for you? And now it's giving some information from local sources. So, and from its Microsoft Start partners. So Microsoft also has partners that it uses for research and ideas. So let's see some of the data it's done. So at this time, Rogers increased its connection fee to $60. Apple retail workers are preparing um, for an iPhone upgrade for their point of sale systems for iPhone XS all the way to 14S. Um, and that's sorted from Rogers. And also there are social media companies that are currently in scrutiny in France. So that's being cited from Microsoft Start Partners from Microsoft website. And it cites it from five different sources, which um, you can also take a look at and further review, such as The Verge, BBC, and MSN. Um, other than that, the great thing is, yes, you can chat with it, but now you can actually also use your voice. So you can actually talk within the discussion and give it more feedback, which would have been unimaginable a long time ago, but it's now available. And other than that, there's also a new history buttons because they're actually currently adding more thing, more features as we go through. So now you can actually jump back and see chat history that you had and it syncs across all devices that you have with Microsoft account. So whether it's Outlook, whether it's Microsoft 365, it just syncs everywhere. So that's a, that's a great advantage. So we saw some great responses as well from these different sources, but how do we know that it's the right thing for us? And you know what, not for most people, you might, you might have a little bit of worry about that, but I'd say for the majority of us, AI and generative AI benefits us all. And I don't want to take too much of your time, but I do want to say that we want to look at um, what are the pros and cons of it, of the technology, and as well, what do you want to gain from this? So if I was to pick a few things, I would want, you'd want to gain from this session if I were you. I'd say learning about how it's useful in, the, in personal life, such as like usefulness to create personal documents, to do research for workplace, knowing what's appropriate, what's not, how do I set a policy in the workplace for it? Because that's crucially important. And finally, I would also want to take a look at the importance of artificial intelligence throughout all the different sources that I'm working with, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's at home, and I want to look at my personal things. And finally, also look at, and we'll get into this in a further episode, is look at how AI is impacting us on social media. 
how does it impact our social emotional intelligence? That's a big question that you want to look at. And you know what? Maybe we should take a look at that a little bit today and we'll bridge it into our next episode as well. So from a social and emotional intelligence side, artificial intelligence is not sentient right now. What it means is all of it is pre-programmed to a point and it continues to learn. A lot of people will say it's sentient and it has its own feelings. It doesn't currently, but we're preparing for that as a possibility. And you know what, there is some research that might prove otherwise, but for the most part is not. And that's a big worry um, for us. But as well, you have to recognize that what it says might not be reflective of your personal views and that there might be some conflicts with its opinion and its bias. So that's always something to keep in mind. That's a great way to look at it. Like I think that if you're not emotionally intelligent, like if you're not using your emotional intelligence and as well, if you're not peering into what's important to you, then that's something you need to take a look at. I'd be worried as an individual if I was not using a second thought. Like that's the big thing with generative AI as we were talking about before is really look at what are your personal values? What are your personal opinions? And where do we go from here? So that's a little bit of cliffhanger on what we wanna say from that. And to touch on social media, a little bit before we before we bridge you in the next episode is social media is now using AI in more and more places. So Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook uh, and Snapchat are also using AI, such as AI chatbots and AI tools to make it easier to send messages to businesses and make it easier to create content for content creators. So that's a that's something we'll have to look at in a future episode. We won't look at it today, but let's look at it in the future. So that's that. I think that summarizes what I want to get through in Generative AI. And I hope that gives you a little bit of a brief introduction to what's going on with the latest tech news. So yeah, stay connected and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening and make sure to subscribe using Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever service you're using as well. Tune in at any time to find out our new podcast episodes and more. Thank you for listening and have a great, great day, night, or even any time of day. We're available 24-7 every day of the week. Thank you.